Charles A. is upon us. The best season of the year, football season. The Buckeyes rolling into their second game at home against Rutgers. Big Ten opener. We also have the Browns Steelers opener at First Energy Stadium. Me and Charles will give you a few fantasy players to look out, look out for this weekend. And we'll also give you a few picks against the spread in the NFL. Charles, let's start with the Buckeyes and Rutgers, the home opener. Buckeyes are 35-point favorites. But I think Rutgers might pose a little bit better test for them than the Beavers did last week. Yeah, I'm not feeling the same way. I, I feel like this is going to be a route. Um, Rutgers haven't been very competitive over the last couple of years. Um, with the way Dwayne Haskins in our running game looked last week, I just don't th- see a big threat from them. I think this it's, it's going to be 56-7 in favor of the Buckeyes. Well, the Scarlet Knights are coming off a win. They beat Texas State. Now, again, it is Texas State. They beat them 35-7. to um, They had a pretty good balance between the run game and the, and the pass game and the run game, uh, both over 200 yards, over 400 yards total offense. But um, I'm with you. I think the Buckeyes will pull away in the end. But I just think at the beginning of the game, it's going to be a little stiffer test. Uh, being at Rutgers, Chris Ash, the head coach, knows a little bit about the Buckeyes and what they're going to try to do. And they're going to be able to, I don't know, maybe stick with them. They're going to be a little better than Oregon State was, was in my opinion. Yeah, see, that that's where I differ, though, because, um, yeah, Chris Ash used to be with the Buckeyes, but they just – they don't recruit the same type of athletes that the Buckeyes recruit. Um, and Urban Meyer was back at practice this week, so I expect a lot of things that were wrong in the last game to be corrected. I mean, I don't expect all of them to be corrected, but, I mean, I expect better play from, like, the linebackers in this game and from the secondary overall. And, honestly, Dwayne Haskins looked like a Heisman candidate. Now, granted, it was Oregon State, but he he had absolute control of the offense, and the offense looked even better with him at the helm than it did with J.T. Barrett. Yeah, Haskins is really good. He was a high percentage of completions, commanded the offense, um, I, I heard somebody say um, earlier in the week that when the Buckeyes um, have a quarterback who's not as good of a runner, um, they tend to lean on the running backs a little more in the run game instead of the quarterback run, which I think is outstanding for the Buckeyes this year because they have two outstanding running backs, Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and that really helps too because they have receivers. So on top of getting both of those running backs a bunch of carries, um, you can get a bunch of the receivers involved. And, I mean, look at the game Terry McLaurin had. He had four catches for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, and then K.J. Hill had, I think, six, led, the, led the team in receptions with six receptions. And then you always obviously have Paris Campbell, and you have Johnny Dixon. And, you, I mean, it's just an endless list. Austin Mack. Rashad Barry, I mean, it just keeps going. And Dwayne Haskins is the exact type of quarterback that we need when you have that many playmakers in an offense. Yeah, and he was last week. He was able to spread the ball around to all his playmakers. Um, I think the one side of the ball that disappointed a little bit last week was the defensive side. I feel like we thought it should come out as akin to the 85 Chicago Bears, but they weren't quite as dominant as everyone uh, – Hope they would be, and I think they bounce back this week with a better, more dominant performance against the Rutgers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one area where we were really strong was the pass rush. The one area where we lacked was run was uh, run defense. Um, we were playing a lot of young guys, um, and they weren't. I mean, a guy like Chase Young, who was really good in the pass situation, isn't his run his run game skills aren't um, so great yet. Um, and I just just with um, new coaches like. Um, well, the new coach in the secondary and all that, there was just a lot of, like, missed assignments, um, and there was missed tackling, too. There was bad tackling in that game, and I, th- I, I think it's all going to be corrected. It might not all be corrected in the next game, but as the season goes on, it'll, it, it'll get yeah, better. Yeah, one thing I'm seeing here, the, the quarterback from Rutgers, Sipkowski, he was 20 of 30 for 205 yards, one TD, but he did throw three interceptions, which is not going to bode well. For him against that stout Buckeye secondary, as we all know, the Buckeyes have been putting guys in the secondary in the pros for years and years, and have become known as DBU. So that's not a that's a this could be a bounce back game for the Buckeyes secondary, as uh, looks like Rutgers quarterback likes to throw the ball to the opposing uh, defensive backs. Yeah, and you know one thing I'm also I've been hearing this week on Twitter is. Um, Sean Wade is looking to get it's looking like Sean Wade, a former five star cornerback recruit in the twenty six same class as Jeffrey Okuda, who was also a five star recruit, um, is gonna get a look at safety. Um and that could bode really well for the Buckeye secondary in this game as we were we're missing our secondary leader in Jordan Fuller. So if he misses time again, you know, we'll have Isaiah Pryor and then we'll have a guy like um Sean Wade back there helping um, guys like Kendall Sheffield, Damon Arnett, and Jeffrey Okuda out. So I, th- I definitely think it's going to be a bounce-back performance for um, the defense overall, including the secondary, and they could be feasting on this Rutgers quarterback. So, yeah, the Buckeyes have the Ruck- Rutgers Scarlet Knights at Ohio Stadium in the Big Ten opener. be a heck of a way for them to get out of the gates in the Big Ten with a huge win. So being 35-point favorites, What's your prediction? Give me a score prediction on the game Saturday. 56-7, like I said 56-7. All right. We'll take that one. Moving on to Sunday. Big one, the Browns. I feel like we've been waiting for this game, talking about this game for two months now. Browns-Steelers coming to you from First Energy Stadium, the NFL opener for the both teams. Um, I mean, the excitement in the city is going to be off the charts. Tyrod Taylor leading the offense. What are you, what are you looking for from the Browns in their opener? You know, I'm looking for them to establish the run early and open up the passing offense. Um, I'm going to look for the uh, defense to um, put pressure on Big Ben and the secondary to hopefully make a play or two. Um, I don't expect a win at this point. Right now, I'm only giving them a 45% chance. And that's only because Le'Veon Bell is likely not going to play because the Steelers still have a good offensive line. They still have Big Ben. They still have A.B. And they still have Juju Smith-Schuster. So um, right now, um, I'm I'm just expecting the team to come out and um, play a a much more smoother, mistake-free game. Yeah. um, It looks like the second with uh, Bell going to – more than likely, Bell's going to be out. So – Looks like the, the new revamped secondary of the Browns is going to 
be tested right off the bat by Big Ben, A.B., and Juju Smith-Schuster, like you said. Um, so we're going to see right away if those offseason moves paid off for John Dorsey. Yeah, and, you know, um, with uh, some of the new additions and all that, I, th- I, I do feel like it's going to pay off. And I, th- I, I, I don't see the Browns winning this game, but I see it as a close matchup. Um, but I don't think necessarily losing the game is a bad thing for the Browns if we play, play competitively through the whole game. Um, it could propel us to um, a victory in the next game. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we won a game because, honestly, at that times we did look good in the preseason. And I understand it's just preseason, but um, we're definitely stronger. Um, my only question right now is who we're going to play at left tackle. I've been hearing a number of things, um, and that has me worried a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's never a good idea when you're uh, we did, week of the game and you're still scrambling to find a left tackle. Um, whatever happened, I never saw anything. Whatever happened with uh, Joel Bentonio, he was there the whole preseason, and all of a sudden now they're talking about moving an undrafted free agent in there. Yeah, um, I saw something about the Brown. I, th- I believe I saw on the Browns Twitter they released an unofficial depth chart, and it listed Bentonio as a starting left tackle. But um, people, I keep seeing people saying, oh, I think Damon Harrison is going to, um, start at left tackle, the undrafted rookie free agent. Um, and don't get me wrong, the kid is talented. He was a former five-star recruit out of Texas, and he had some trouble in college and ended up going to a smaller school. Um, and that's why he uh, went undrafted. Um, but um, I just don't think at this point the kid is ready right now. Um, I, I feel like they liked seeing Bentoni at, at, at left tackle. Um, he gave them solid pro- uh, solid uh, production and you know um, it would just be a waste right now at this point if we don't start him and Corbett's on the bench because that's uh, he was a second round pick and we could have easily took in a guy who was more of a left tackle and we took a guy who's more of a guard when we already had two guards yeah I totally agree that I mean that offensive line's been playing together now for five six weeks um, it'd be, it doesn't make any sense in my mind for them to move Harrison in there and left tackle and move Antonio back down and get Corbett out because I thought preseason-wise, and again, it's preseason, but I thought they gelled well, they played well, um, they ran the ball. When they wanted to run the ball, they ran the ball well. Um, it would just seem like the line was coming together. I mean, you lost an all-pro future Hall of Famer in Joe Thomas, and that's not easy to replace. But it seemed like they were coming together. They found a guy who was a veteran leader on the line to be that left tackle to help the other guys along. They're coming together. So in my mind, game week, first game of the year at home against the Steelers, doesn't make sense to me for them to put in a new guy who hadn't played with that line all the entire preseason. Exactly. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, there's just no replacing an all-pro future Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas. But when Joe Bantonio was playing at left tackle, he did give solid production, and that line looked really good with him there. Um, Corbett looks like a future pro bowler at left guard. Um, you have J.C. Treader at center. Um, and then the right side, you always obviously have Zietler and Hubbard. So um, I, I, I don't see the point in – I don't see the upside in playing an undrafted rookie free agent right now who, like you said, did not play with the team all preseason. 
Um, I see him more as a developmental guy down the road who should be playing behind Joe Batonio at this point and should only get playing time barring any barring an injury to the offensive line. 100% agree. Uh, moving on from the offensive line, um, Josh Gordon, we're going to see his first action in a Browns uniform in 2018 uh, this Sunday against the Steelers. What I mean, I'm kind of excited because he hasn't played, but he looks in great shape. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what Todd Haley has in store to exploit uh, Josh Gordon and what he can bring to the team. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't think the Steelers can cover him at this point because, you know, you've got a guy like Jarvis Landry who's going to cause an, a nightmare problem. Um, you got uh, a nightmare matchup problem. Then you got David Njoku, who's also going to be a matchup problem for their linebackers. Um, and then so um, I think that'll open up the field for Josh Gordon. And I think we could see a big play or two from Josh Gordon. And hopefully we'll get him one in the end zone. Yes, I, I can see uh... – and you know Todd Haley was there last year and got let go, um, but so you know he's really gunning for this one. And this could be, in my mind, this could be a passing of the torch kind of game where the Browns are the young and up up and coming team making moves in the off season to make themselves better. And the Steelers just keep getting older and older, and their best players just keep getting older, and they keep winning. But eventually, that winning's going to stop, and the young up and coming Browns are going to maybe hopefully take over the top of the AFC North. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think having Todd Haley is a huge advantage for us because you I, I don't if you remember in Hard Knocks earlier in the season when uh, the Browns were getting ready to play the Eagles, um, Greg Williams looked at Michael Kendricks and asked for a scouting report on the offense. Well, I mean, I, I, you got to figure Hugh's going to be looking at Todd, hey, what's the scouting report on these guys? Because he, he was with the Steelers for, what, six seasons, yes. I think? And so you know he's going to be. They're they're not they only they're not changing the offense. The Steelers aren't changing the offense. They're just changing. They just change play callers. So the offense is still going to be the same. So Todd Haley can provide some insight on what the offense is going to look like, um, and then also he can um, he'll know how to attack the defense because he was with that team and he was practicing. He, his offense was going against that defense every day when he was the coordinator there. So I think Todd Haley can provide an advantage for us, and if we do win, I think he'll be a big reason why we do. Win. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Todd Todd Haley doesn't seem like the guy type of guy who's going to hold anything back um, as far as letting him know about the scouting report of the Steelers because he would that wasn't a mutual breakup as much as they picked Big Ben over him. So it'll be it'll be I love having Todd Haley there as the offensive coordinator. I mean, we've talked to this about this ad nauseum leading up to this game and. It's finally here, but having him as the offensive coordinator is going to be – he's a very aggressive offensive coordinator, very well adept at putting guys in positions to make plays, moving Jarvis Landry around so he's not always stagnant in one position running the same stuff. He'll be moving around. They'll use Duke Johnson like he used Le'Veon Bell at the Steelers. So there's a lot of blueprint of what Todd Haley can do as an offensive coordinator that hopefully he brings over to the Browns in 2018 – and propels them to being a much, much better and more competitive offense. Yeah, and you know, like you were saying, it wasn't a mutual parting between those two teams. So I think that's that's providing an extra an extra little chip for Todd Hay. Very much motivated to use all of the weapons at his disposal. Um, like you said, he's gonna put Jarvis Landry all around the field. 
Um, David Njoku is a matchup nightmare. Josh Gordon has, we know what Josh Gordon could do when he's on top of his game. And then you have Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Nick Chubb, all a three-headed monster in the backfield. So he's going to get Duke involved. I think I agree somewhat like Le'Veon in the run game and the pass game. And I think Hyde can run all over this defense. Yeah, that defense has been getting old for a while. Um, and they've been they they just been getting old and they've been getting hurt as they get older. So I it's such a Steeler defense of old where they had Troy Palomalo roaming back there and James Harrison and you know, they had a bunch of linebackers and their D line was really good. They had some lockdown corners and their defense was just really good. It's not that defense anymore. If you notice the Steelers have had to outscore people the last couple of years, even last year when the Browns didn't win a game. The first week they got beat twenty, I believe it was twenty-one eighteen. I mean, it was it was down to the wire game. Um, so the Steeler defense isn't the Steeler defense that it used to be. So we can take advantage of them and maybe run the ball some. Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, get Duke Johnson to flat little screen passes, hit Jarvis Landry. We can put up some points on Sunday and make this a very very interesting game going down the stretch. Yeah, and you know. Um... They've added some pieces, some pretty good young pieces, so they're not all old. They're a good mixture of young and old. Um, but um, their defense did start to play a little bit better towards the end of last year. So um, either way, we could see a fight. But um, and I, by any means, I don't want to discount the Seals in any way because that's I, I've been seeing a lot of that on Twitter, and people are people need to remember that these are the Steelers and we are still the Browns, and until we show it on Sundays, it's still – the Steelers are still the top dog in the AFC North. So, I, while I do agree with some of your points, um, I also am very cautious about this Sunday too. Yeah, I'm, I, I, guess, I guess I'm more cautiously optimistic just because of the optimism of the Browns and, you know, just watching them on the hard knocks and how they've been pumped up and the moves we've made in the offseason. It just feels like – this is the year we can – and I, it's weird coming off a zero-win season that people are talking like this, but, you know, this could be the year that we reach up and, you know, could contend for an AFC North championship, maybe – and especially contend for a wild card, you know, and just be back back to that point and just building with our young guys all the way up. Yeah, and, you know, you said you're cautiously optimistic. I mean, that's the power of hard knocks. I mean, honestly, I feel like HBO should sign a lifetime deal with the Browns at this point because it was just awesome watching them this season. But that is the power of HBO, uh, the power of HBO hard knocks. It it makes you feel like your team is floating on water. And, it, I mean, they already had some real optimism coming into this. <coughs> Excuse me coming into this season and this off season um, and hard knocks only highlighted that even more. Um, and I, it, it, it's gotten a lot of us excited and I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not excited, but I tend to be more pessimistic in this situation. Um, I do, I do agree with you. I think we can compete for a uh, wild card spot at best. I don't see, I don't see us competing for the division this year, but I can see us competing for the division in year two of John Dorsey and year four of Hugh, if Hugh is still there. Um, if we get off to a bad start, Hugh's probably not going to be there. But that being said, I think worst case scenario, we finish six, six and 10 best case scenario, nine and seven in a wild card spot. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's that be that would be a dream season coming off. Oh, and sixteen would be nine and seven in a wild card spot, and you know making the playoffs for the first time since was it two thousand six? I think. Um, so yeah, that would be unbelievable. I, that's that's mind blowing to think that that's even a realistic op, uh, um, option for this team. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, just th- just people saying that out loud that the ceiling for this team is nine and seven in a wild card spot coming off. Oh, and 16, the way you felt at the end of the year last year to now six months later, we're talking about nine and seven in a wild card possibility. I mean, that's just my, to me, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Last year was totally uh, put a paper bag over my head season. I mean, that's just how it went. Um, and actually the last time the Browns made the playoffs was actually 2002, 2006. We just missed it because of the Steelers had us in a tiebreaker. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it is nice. It is weird to have this optimism after an own 16 season. Um, but, you know, it's also kind of refreshing to see this, to see a reinvigorated fan base, especially after, like, the parade that um, Browns fans had after the, we went finished own 16. Um, so I'm definitely excited. I'm just a little bit more pessimistic. That's, I guess you could say. Yeah. And the Browns coming off their own 16th season into maybe the most exciting season since they've come back. Playing the Steelers at First Energy, home opener this Sunday, 1 o'clock. Um, I mean, the city's going to be electric. It's going to be it's going to be awesome downtown. It's going to be an awesome sight to see. Hopefully the weather holds off. They're calling for rain right now. But hopefully the weather holds off. It's a dry day. And we can see the Browns offense in their full glory of getting the playmakers the ball and letting them scoring some points moving on to i know you're a big fantasy guy charles i've got a few teams myself give me a couple fantasy guys the, the, who have favorable matchups this week uh in fantasy in the nfl well i must start first with a running back in our own division and that's alex collins out of out of the for the baltimore ravens he's got the buffalo bills this week their run defense was absolutely atrocious in the preseason. They've lost a few players. Um, they seem more like a rebuilding team at this point. I think Alex Collins is somebody that you definitely need to be starting in your lineup and could potentially have – he's going to score at least 10 fantasy points, but I, I could see a 20-plus game from him this week. Oh, I, that is a favorable matchup. One here I'm looking at is uh, Sam Darnold, rookie quarterback. You don't see this – very often favorable matchup. He opens up against the Lions. The Lions defense just is, for lack of a better word, trash. It's just not very good. Um, and Darnold has had a pretty good preseason. He was graded as PFF's number eight graded quarterback. Um, so if he can get off to a hot start against the Lions, the Lions aren't very good. We saw what Baker did to the Lions in the last preseason game. But their defense is just not very good. So Sam Darnold should have a Pretty good, favorable matchup in the opening week. Oh, you just told me that matchup. He could have a field day with that matchup. I mean, that's that's an absolutely tasty matchup. Just, just, um, and then you know another guy that I have this week um, that I think is going to be really good is our own Jarvis Landry. I mean, especially in a PPR league, I think he's definitely he's a must start this week. Um. 
He is currently projected 13.1 points in a uh, regular standard PPR league. Um, he's going to be very much involved in this offense. So he's definitely a guy that you want to have in the lineup. Yeah, I think Todd Haley is going to target him a ton. You saw in the in Hard Knocks series, him and Tyrod had a pretty good uh, rhythm going together. That's going. To, you're right. That's going to be a lineup. Or that's going to be a matchup. That's going to be a guy to watch every week this year as the Browns progress forward. Another guy I got was, uh, and it's hard. And I mean, this guy's not a sleeper by any means, but Rob Gronkowski is probably going to get targeted a ton this week. Julian Edelman suspended. They're down to four receivers. The Patriots are down to Chris Hogan, Cordell Patterson, Phil Dorsett, and, and Chad Hansen, who just claimed on waivers. So you, you've got to think that Tom Brady is probably going to look at the tight ends and the running backs to get the ball down the field. So Gronkowski is probably going to get targeted a ton this week. Yeah, Gronkowski is easily the number one tight end, but I wouldn't sleep on Chris Hogan at this point. He's going to be playing the Julian Edelman position, and Chris Hogan is definitely a wide receiver one in a PPR league, so do not sleep on him. And then, I mean, Edelman is only suspended four games, so when you come back, you got when he comes back after those four games, if you drafted him, you have a glorified wide receiver one right there in mostly PPR leagues. But, I mean, if he scores touchdowns, he could be a, a huge asset in standard. So don't sleep on Chris Hogan either. Um, one guy that I will point out that I think is he's, he was ranked a lot lower this year, but he had a really good year last year, who, and he I think he could have a breakout year this year, is uh, Jared Goff, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, it's going to be his second year in the Sean McVay offense. That offense is built around um, getting uh, the quarterback in good passing situations. It's uh, it's more of a zone-based run scheme. Um, and the wide receivers, uh, they run big routes um, across the field and down the field. They got a guy like Brandon Cooks in there. Um, Jared Goff is somebody I'll be looking at. Um, and definitely, if you are if you if you drafted him, you should be starting him week one. Unless you have, oh. bar- barring anybody else. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, Goff, I was in about three or four drafts this year, and it surprised me how late Goff went. I bet I got Goff three different times as my number two quarterback, just because I forgot about him. So everybody else must have forgot about him too. But I'm with you. Jer- Jared Goff was in MVP talk last year, for crying out loud. Um, so, yeah, he's going he's going to – I predict he's going to have a huge year again this year. Like you said, second year in Sean McVay's offense, and he's just—he's got weapons. He's got Todd Gurley coming out of the backfield. He's got weapons down the field, um, and he play out there in LA where it's always nice, so he doesn't really have to worry about weather much unless he comes east or goes up to the Seattle. So, I mean, it's going to be a nice—he's um, going to have a nice year this year. Probably be an MVP talk again, and uh, you know, be right up there at the top of his fantasy stats as well. One guy I do not like his matchup, and he's a big-time guy, is OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants are facing the Jaguars. Um, the Jacksonville defense was the best in 2017. Um, it's got a lot of young young studs on it. And Eli Manning's just getting older, and he's just not as good anymore. So it would be tough, for I believe, for Beckham to get a ton of points this coming week against the Jaguars. Yeah, um, 
they Jalen Ramsey looking. They have Jalen Ramsey who's going to be covering him. So that looks like it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't perform, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did perform um, because they got a new head coach, Pat Shermer, who's an offensive genius, um, and they have weapons like Evan Ingram, um, Saquon Barkley. So it's not like OBJ is the only one. But definitely coming off the way that the Jags played last year, um, it's definitely a really tough matchup for them. Um, and then speaking of tough matchups, I'm, I think uh, Derek Carr is going to have his hands full um, Monday night against the Rams. They um, added guys like um, Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, um, and Dominican Sue. They just gave Aaron Donald that huge extension. So – on top of the way their defense played last year, they made massive improvements to their defense this year. And I think Derek Carr is just going to have all the trouble in the world um, getting to his guys in this game um, where he's only got um, – he's got Amari Cooper who struggled last year with drops. Jordy Nelson who's good, but he's old. Um, and you saw age kept, catch up to him last year. Um, Marshawn Lynch, he's – you know – we all know what Marshawn Lynch is. He's a north and south runner. He doesn't um, play in the pass game. So I think it's going to be really tough for Derek Carr Monday night. I totally agree. That defense is – they're going to be picking Derek Carr. The offensive line is going to be picking Derek Carr up off the turf a ton come uh, Monday night. There's that defensive line with Sue, Donald, all them guys getting after him. It's going to be – it's going to be something to see. And the, the Rams – you know, we talked about their offense a little bit ago. Now we're talking about their defense. They're going to be a, a contender for the Super Bowl, I believe. I mean, that defense is really good. Wade Phillips calling it. He was the mastermind behind the Denver Broncos uh, defense when they won it all a few years back. So, you look out for the Rams and that defense, and their offense is going to roll a little bit. So, um, I'm a fool. I'm with you. I, w- I wouldn't play Derek Carr against the Rams either. Yeah, um, they're definitely prime for a Super Bowl matchup. Um, if you are um, in, if you haven't drafted a fantasy team yet, um, definitely be looking at a lot of the Rams players. Um, Robert Woods is another guy that I would say that is a definite is a definite good look this year. Um, and you know, there there's running back is a ve- is a very shallow position this year, so you have to draft your running backs early. So, um, especially if you're if you're drafting with a top pick, Todd Gurley should be your number one pick. Now that we're still talking about the Rams, um, and anything anything other than Todd Gurley at number one is just stupid. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is probably not going to play for a few weeks. Um, I love Zeke, but he doesn't. As much as people like to say it, he doesn't catch as many passes as Todd Gurley does. So I definitely think that um, the Rams are a team to be reckoned with this year. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree with that take. Um, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to – every Thursday or Friday morning was, when this drops, we're going to give you our winners. Boys and girls, go make money. We're going to give you winners for the NFL on Sunday. The first game we have on Sunday, the Bills at the Ravens. The Ravens are seven-point favorite. Who you got, Charles? I got the Ravens. Um, I think they'll win this one easily by at least two touchdowns. Um, the They looked much – Joe Flacco, as much as it pains me to say it, looked much improved in the offseason. They improved the receivers around him. They're going to have 
a guy like Alex Collins running the ball, and that defense is still nasty. I 100% agree. That defense is good. Nathan Peterman, the quarterback for the Bills, week one is not good. And uh, so I, I'm going Ravens all the way. Win by a couple touchdowns. Joe Flacco throwing a couple bombs down there. They might even get Lamar Thomas. Lamar Jackson, my fault. Lamar Jackson, a little wrinkle in that offense, too. So, the Bills are just not very good. Let's just put yeah. it that way. They're just not good. And the Ravens, they're not real great, but they're a lot better than the Bills are at this point. Yeah, and you mentioned Nathan Peterman starting for the Bills. Um, do I don't know if people remember, but he threw five picks in his first start last year, and then Tyrod Taylor ended up coming back in to replace him because he was that bad. So I think this Ravens defense is going to feast on him, and um, the the Bills just aren't going to do much. I think them only being a seven point favorite is um, is favorable to the Bills. Honestly, I think it's going to be an easy two touchdown win for for Baltimore on Sunday. Agree. Moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Giants. The Jaguars are three point road favorites. Or at the Giants, uh, what, how do you feel about this one? I think the Giants will cover in this one, but I think it's going to be the Jacksonville defense that ends up winning this game. Um, like you said, e- Eli is very prone to interceptions, and I know I was going on about how he does have an improved offense around him. I just don't think it's it's going to show in the first game. I mean, this is a tough week one matchup for anybody. So I, I, I think the Giants will cover. The spread, but I think the Jacksonville is going to come on come on top, twenty to seventeen. This one I got to go on the other way. Um, although I do agree with you because a lot of times young teams on the road with big expectations. You know, last year they kind of snuck up on people, and then they they're able to sneak up and bite people, and they weren't looking for them, weren't ready for them. This year they're going to be ready for Jacksonville and their defense. I think this one's a little it's closer. But I think Jacksonville covers this one, being it's only a three-point spread on the road. And, I mean, Eli's just not – I don't know. Maybe he'll have a bounce back here, but I doubt it. I think he's on the way out. I wouldn't be surprised if this is last year. And if they lock down, if Jalen Ramsey can lock down uh, Odell, then it can, it's going to be the Jaguars on the road against the Giants. Moving on to the next one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Saints. Saints are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Um well, I like the Saints here, Charles. What about you? Oh, I love the Saints in this matchup. The Buccaneers are going to be down without their starting quarterback, J- Jameis Winston. Their defense was very good last year. I look for the defense to be strong again this year. Um, they will be without one of their running back running backs in uh, Mark Ingram as he's suspended for four games. But I don't think that'll matter because Alvin Kamara is an absolute monster. And... Um, He's gonna. He's he he gives us uh, their offense uh, just a whole new weapon that they haven't really had over the last few years, um, and I think it's gonna be a big game, big win for New Orleans. I totally agree. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna start for the Buccaneers, but I believe Drew Brees is gonna lead that offense for the Saints, and they're gonna score points. Um, the Buccaneers defense isn't terrible; it's okay. But without Jameis Winston to be able to make plays. For the uh, for the Buccaneers, they're just they're just not going to have enough offense to be able to stay in this one too much. So I see the Saints winning this by two touchdowns, maybe even getting a late one, winning by three touchdowns. But I definitely like the Saints. Yeah, I wanna... you, 
You know, um, as you were saying how the Buccaneers' defense isn't that good. Their pass rush is not that good. So I think that's going to enable Drew Brees to sit back there, sit back in the pocket, and when he can pass because the run the pass, rip apart that defense. I mean, because their secondary isn't even that good either. So um, I definitely see two to th- a two to three touchdown win for the Saints. Yeah. Going on to Houston. Texans at New England Patriots. Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, myself, I like the Texans in this one. I think with bringing J.J. Watt back, uh, they're going to have their defense is going to be much better than it was last year. Um, they're going to go back to being a stout defense. Deshaun Watson's back. He's going to start the opening game. Before he got hurt last year, he was on fire. Um, they got Will Fuller on the outside. He's been limited in practice, but hopefully he can play. They also have their number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, on the other side. So, Patriots are going to have some problems defensively. But, given it six and a half points, I'll take the Texans in this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the Texans are going to come out and win this one. I think the Patriots are going to struggle early on. Um, the Patriots are usually that type of team that um, if they don't have all their pieces in play, they, they struggle before they figure eventually figure it out. And I think they eventually will figure it out because they are New England Patriots. I just think the Texans have way too many playmakers. They have a dual threat in Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Um, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who's obviously one of the top receivers in the league. Um, and then you also have to throw in even Lamar Miller, who did not impress last season. He's come in, I think, I heard he came in slimmer and uh, he's going to be able to um, – establish that run game for them along with Deshaun Watson's legs. Deshaun Watson is also a type of dual threat who looks more, looks more to pass, but um, Bill O'Brien is definitely a creative offensive mind who will know how to use his weapons. Um, And he did formerly used to work for that organization. So he'll know how to attack them. Um, And with the Patriots breaking in a new defensive coordinator um, and new guys on defense, I think it's going to be a struggle for them early in week one. I think, um, the Texans not only um, cover, but they win this game by a oh, touchdown. Calling to Houston for the win. All right, moving on to the 49ers at Vikings. Vikings are six-point favorites over the 49ers. How do you see this one playing out? You know, um, this one's going to be interesting because the Vikings have a lot of problems with their offensive line right now. Um, I could see this one shaking out either way. But um, at the end of the day, I think the Vikings will come out on top because they have the superior playmakers on offense. Um, granted, Jimmy G did play great down the stretch last year. He, they did lead him to 5-0, and but it's not like he was putting up superstar stats. Um, Kirk Cousins is a very proven quarterback, and when he does have weapons, like when he's had weapons like he has here in Minnesota, he definitely can win some ball games. So I, I see Minnesota coming out on top. Um, we disagree on this one. I think the 49ers go into Minnesota. I don't know. I think they they outright win. I think they beat them. It's going to be real, real close. But I think Jimmy G gets it done down the stretch. And the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, um, he's a great play caller, um, an offensive schemer. And I think he gets Jimmy G to the point where down the stretch he can lead them to a game-winning field goal. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Why I'm picking the Vikings is their defense. Um, Jimmy G, yes, he went 5-0, and 0, 
but he's going to have to face a very strong defense in the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that is a Super Bowl-ready winning defense right there. Um, and the other factor I'm putting into this, I, I mean, despite their lo- offensive line issues, Dalvin Cook. I mean, I just think Dalvin Cook is an absolute superstar who can run all over these guys. Um, I think, but I, I, I think it's also going to be close. But I think the Vikings come out on top by a field goal, twenty-four to twenty-one. Oh, all right, calling a shot. Here we go. Titans, another road favorite at the Dolphins, favored by a point and a half. Um, I like Tennessee. I think Marcus Mariota is starting to come along and come along. They won two games a couple years ago. Last year they won eight or nine games, made the playoffs, won a playoff game. The Dolphins, I feel like, are floundering. They're losing guys. They're struggling. Uh, Tannehill is coming off another injury. Uh, so I, I just like the Titans in this one. I think they did a lot of things in the offseason to make themselves better. They got a great running back in Derrick Henry. Uh, and Mariota can make plays with his legs as well. So I'm taking the Titans to win this one by at least a touchdown. Yeah, um, you also got to remember they also have Deion Lewis, too. Um, I wouldn't necessarily discount the Dolphins because people are discounting them a lot. Um, Their defense is hot trash, and I do believe that the Titans will eventually come out on top on this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game either because you also have to remember the Titans are breaking in a completely new coaching staff. Um, And, yes, Mark Marcus Mariota can make some plays with his legs and with his arm. He actually he hasn't proven to be um, that superstar guy yet. Now, um, from what I could tell, he looks pretty decent in the preseason, um, and I, do, I I'm not gonna hold past past performances against him. Um, I do I do believe Tennessee comes out on top on this one. I just don't think it's gonna be. Um, I think it's gonna be within at least a field goal on this one. Maybe the worst game on the slate on Sunday: the Bengals at the Colts. Andrew Luck's return to the, to the field, um, I don't know. Can he throw the ball? Can he throw the ball? It's been a debate for two years. The Colts are three-point favorites at home. I think – I like the Bengals in this one. Um, I don't know why. I think because Andrew Dalton, Andy Dalton is not as he proven, but he's not injured. Um, they got a proven receiver in A.J. Green. Uh, they got some guys. Giovanni Bernard can do some things with the ball. Defense should be okay as long as Burfecht doesn't get thrown out of the game. So I like the Bengals on the road covering this game, if not winning it outright. I'll see. This is where we fall on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I like the Colts in this one for two reasons and two reasons only. One, you mentioned Annie Dalton. He likes to call himself the Red Rifle. That's Mr. Red BB Gun right there. Dude does not have an arm. He will not win this game. Two, Andrew Luck. Dude can absolutely sling it when he is healthy. I I fully believe he is completely healthy, and he's going to come back with a fire in his eyes, and I'm looking at him to be NFL Comeback Player of the Year after this year. I think this offense is going to run rough shot over the Cincinnati Bengals defense, um, and, and, um, and the defense will be much improved for the Colts. Um, they have an improved offensive line, so they've improved their protection. Um, I think the run game will open up, and which will open up the pass game even more for Andrew Luck. I see Andrew Luck winning this by a touchdown, maybe two, or a touchdown oh. and a field goal. All right, uh, we differ on that one. Here we go, the game of Sunday. The Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Browns. Bell, uh not going to play. Looks like he's not going to play. If he plays at all, it'll be minimal at best. 
Um, you know, the Browns are coming off. The, they We've talked about them. Ted Nausea, they, you know, optimism. They got all these new players. Miles Garrett's playing like a pro bowler. But so well, you, we've already talked about a little bit. Who you like in this game? Um, I honestly, it's it pains me to say this, but I like the Steelers in this one. I just, I just don't think I just can't see the Browns winning the first game of the season against the Steelers when they still have Big Ben, they still have that vaunted offensive line, they still have AB, and they still have Juju Smith-Schuster. That offense is still dangerous even without Le'Veon Bell. Um, I st- I see this one being close, but I I. I still see the Steelers coming on top 24 to 19. All right. I'm going with the Browns. I don't know that they win. I think they might get beat by a late field goal, but they'll cover that three and a half point spread. So I like the Browns keeping it close, losing by maybe three, two, three points, but keeping it close, keeping it competitive, propelling them throughout the season. So we do see that one different. Moving on to the four o'clock games, the Chiefs at the Chargers. Chargers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, Chiefs breaking in a new quarterback against the Chargers who have Phillip Rivers, who seems to be the quarterback there for the last 45 years. But um, go ahead, Charles. Who do you like in this game? I like the Chargers. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to score some um, points definitely this season, breaking in a new quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, who has he has awesome arm talent. I mean, the kid is legit. But um, they lost a lot on defense. They looked horrible on defense last year. Um, Phillip Rivers is prone to um, interceptions, but I just don't think they have enough to stop him. Um, Melvin Gordon is—he's um, the lead back in this offense. He's going to be given every chance. He's going to be given uh, chances in the run. He's going to be given chances in the pass. Um, they are without their tight end Hunter Henry, but they have guys like Keenan Allen, um, an X factor in this game. Watch out for Mike Williams. He is somebody who I've been drafting late in fantasy draft late later this year. Um, he's somebody that is going to be healthy and somebody that they wanted to uh, pinpoint to use in the red zone. So I have the Chargers um, by two touchdowns. We differ one. on this one also. I like the Chiefs. I like Patrick Mahomes. He has a lot of, like you said, he's got a lot of arm talent. I like Tyreek Hill, who's going to fly. I like Kareem Hunt. They got a lot of offensive weapons for Andy Reid in that offense. Uh, their defense can hold it together a little bit, maybe get a stop here or there. I think the Chiefs may be able to win this one outright. Uh, see, I the reason why I also disagree with you there, too, is I think the Chargers defense is legit. I mean, Joey Bosa didn't play at all in the preseason last year, and the dude did nothing but come out and get – 10-plus sacks and win rookie defensive rookie of the year. Um, they're a sleeper defense in fantasy this year. They're also uh, a team that I've been drafting um, as my defense if I didn't get one, some, one of the big guns early. Um, and that's, that's, that's my main reason behind them is Melvin Gordon, their defense, and Keenan Allen. One of the hardest games this week to, to handicap would be the Seahawks at the Broncos. Broncos are three-point favorites. The Seahawks are historically poor away from home. Denver's really good at home, but there's they have a good defense. Breaking a new quarterback, Case Keenum. Can he keep that magic from last season alive? Um, it'll be interesting to see come Sunday. How do you see this one playing out? Um, what was the spread three. again? Denver's favored by three. 
I think Seattle will cover, but I think Denver comes out on top. Um, Seattle is um, breaking in a lot of new faces on their defense. Um, their offensive line has been absolute garbage over the last couple of years, and it hasn't gotten any better. Um, I think the only reason that they'll still be in this game is because of one guy, and that's Russell Wilson. Um, the only guy left in that secondary, the Legion of Boom, is Earl um, Thomas. Oh, my God. Earl Thomas, thank you. Um, so I don't think their coverage is going to be strong. Um, Case Keenum did look good last year for the Vikings, so um, and he's got some playmakers out there with Demarius Thomas and um, Emmanuel Sanders, um, and then they got the rookie Cortland Sutton, and then another guy who is a who is um, he's a third round ra- he's going to be going in the third round in fantasy draft right now. It's Royce Freeman. He's named the number one starting running back. He was a bell cow at Oregon. He's going to be the bell cow in Denver. And that's going to open things up for Case Keenum in that offense. I see this game. I see this. I see um, Seattle covering, but I see um, Denver coming yeah, out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, and I also like the Broncos in this one. The Cowboys at the Panthers might be one of the better games of the afternoon. Uh, Panthers are a three-point home favorite. Um, I like the Panthers being at home just because they're at home, and I don't trust Dak Prescott, basically. Um, Cam Newton's an established quarterback. He's MVP a couple years ago. Went to the Super Bowl. Um, I th- I like the Panthers for that reason. That reason only. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, this one's really hard for me to pick. Um, Dak Prescott and Cam Newton. If you look at their stats, they're basically the same quarterback over the last few years. Um, so I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas come out on top in this one. Um, they're a well coached team. Um, they don't, um, J- Jason Garrett runs, uh, he runs a Manila offense, but, um, they get the, it gets the job done. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I also see the Panthers coming out on top because I think Cam Newton can make some big plays in this game. And I also think their defense is a lot better. Yeah. Moving on to the last game of the four o'clock slate is the Redskins at Arizona Cardinals. They go out West to the Cardinals. Cardinals are a one point favorite at home. Um, these two teams probably not going to be very good. Um, the Redskins do have Adrian Peterson at running back. Um, I mean, Washington has the advantage on both lines and at quarterback. Uh, I just, it's just not going to be, I don't see this game being very good. I think the Redskins go on the road to go out West and get this one done. Yeah, I agree. Um, Arizona's got old glass knee Sam Bradford at quarterback. Um, I, I, he may play the whole game, um, and I think that'll make, keep it close. Um, but I, I honestly, I see the Redskins and Jay Gurton, Alex Smith getting this victory on Sunday. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna camp with you. At night, we have the the big rivalry in the NFL: the Chicago Bears going up to the frozen tundra. It's probably not frozen yet, but the Bears at the Packers. The Packers are seven and a half point favorites. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? It does because the Bears are one of the most improved teams this year. Um, They got an offensive-minded head coach. Um, Their defense is obviously much improved, especially with the recent addition of Khalil Mack. Um, I see this one closer, but I still see the Packers coming out on top. I think Packers win by a field goal. I'm in total agreement with you. I like the Bears, what they've done in the offseason. I think it'll be fun to watch Mitch Trubisky in a new offense. His second year, 
like you said, with an offensive-minded coach. Uh, Cleo Mack rushing off the edge. He's he's happy now. You know, he's going to get his extension. He's going to get paid. So, he'll be getting after Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers. Their offensive line is okay to good, but it's not real, a great offensive line. So, Mack can exploit him and get after him, especially when in, the, in September. You know, the ground will still be good. It's not frozen or anything. So, he'll be able to get a good pass rush. But I, I'm with you. I think the Packers win. But I think it's way closer than the experts think. And I think it's like a field goal four-point game. Moving on to mon- oh. yeah. Moving on to Monday night. Oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say um, an X factor for the Packers, I think, in this game is going to be Jamal Williams at running back. Um, he's got four weeks to showcase why, why he should be the number one running back with Aaron Jones um, being suspended also. Um, so I think they're definitely going to get him involved, and I think he'll be a big reason why they win that game. Well, moving on to Monday night, the Jets at the Lions. We touched on this game earlier in our fantasy picks. Um, we are, the Lions are actually six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, we talked about earlier the Giant, or the Lions' defense is, I mean, hot garbage at best. The Browns tore him up in that fourth preseason game. Uh, Baker basically looked like he was playing against Baylor when he was throwing the ball down there, but – Sam Darnold looked good in the preseason. Um, I like the, the Jets to cover, if not win, outright. Um, it's just the Lions defense, they just can't stop anybody. And I don't know how many weapons Stafford will have around him uh, to be able to keep up, offensively be able to keep up. So give me the Jets, give me Sam Darnold, and I'm saying they're going to win outright. What's the, um, what's the spread Seven, again? Or six and a half. Lions are favored. Okay, I definitely see the Jets covering that spread, but I see the Lions coming out on top because they have the uh, more experienced quarterback. Um, They have Golden Tate and Marvin Jones at receiver. They have um, a rookie running back, Carrion Johnson, who's probably going to get, I don't know if he's going to get most of the carries, but he's he's very talented. Um, And... um, Sam Darnold was prone to mistakes at USC. So I could see, even though the Lions defense is atrocious, I could still see them capitalizing on him because Sam Darnold is a rookie. Um, I just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing a rookie winning his first game in the NFL. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I think the Jets will cover, but I think the Lions come out on top. Okay, and moving on to the final game at 10.20 p.m. Eastern time, we have the Rams. Four-point favorites on the road at the Oakland Raiders. Um, I think we both covered this. Um, I love the Rams in this game. Uh, the Raiders just got rid of Cleo Mack. Um, their defense isn't going to be as good. The Rams' offense is going to be fantastic. The Rams' defense is going to be fantastic. I think the Rams win this game maybe three or four. It might be 28-3, to three. Um, 28-10 at most. I mean, they're going to win this thing going away. Yeah, I agree. I think the Rams definitely win this game pretty easily. Um, I can see the Raiders offense putting in some points late. Um, I could see a, um, a final score of like 35 to 17 where the Raiders just make a couple drives um, late in the game to score a touchdown or two. Um, and I think that's a John Gruden factor, but I definitely agree. I think the Rams win this game easily. Um, I don't think that the Raiders cover. I think that it, it, 
this matchup t- completely favors the Rams, and they come out on top. Yeah, the, yeah, the Rams are going to come out on top in this one. So, recapping our picks, we had six picks that were different. I like the Jaguars. You like the Giants. I like Denver. You like Seattle. I like the 49ers. You like Minnesota. I took the Bengals. You got the Colts. I got the Browns. You got the Steelers. I have KC and San Diego. So those are our picks for the day, you know, picking against the spread. It's always fun to see how that comes out. We'll probably keep records for the week, probably keep them for the year. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun this Saturday down at the shoe as the Buckeyes and the Rutgers go at it in the Big Ten opener. It'll be fun at First Energy Stadium as the Steelers and Browns open up. Um, In fact, the game right now, the Falcons and Eagles are playing. NFL season started. Best time of the year. Football season's back. Everything's playing. Indians are making a push for the playoffs. And I'm just excited for everything going on, Charles. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. Um, Football season is one of my favorite times of the year. I absolutely love um, Ohio State. You know this. I I can be a a homer sometimes. Um, But you know what? That's just the way I am. I wear my scarlet and gray all through the year. Um, I think we should expect big things from Ohio sports this year. The Indians got me excited with their moves. Browns have me excited with their moves, and Ohio State's got me excited with their. All moves. right, well that does it for at eighty eight problems in sports eight one podcast. We will see you on Sunday. Recap the games, the Buckeyes and Rutgers game. Recap the Browns Steelers game, and probably talk a little Indians while we're there. <laughs> I'm not going to